uh, to learn from you, to learn from your word. We thank you for the freedom that we have to worship you here together and to gather publicly, to hear your word proclaimed, uh, to praise you. God, we remember our friends that can't be with us, and we pray that you would comfort them, that they'd know you're with them wherever they are as they worship you. Lord, we pray uh, that you would keep them safe. Pray for our friends that are sick. We pray for comfort and for healing for them, as well as for ourselves, that you would strengthen us to serve you uh, all the days that you give us here. We pray that you bless our time and sanctify it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now I'll go upstairs. If you have a Bible, will you open it up to Ephesians chapter 6? We're finishing up Ephesians today, and I have to admit, I've been depressed. I've just been depressed. I'm so sad. I don't want to say goodbye to this book. Um, Falling in love all over again. This was actually the first book I ever taught in an expository way, you know. Um, You can teach Sunday school where you get the little book from whoever Christian publishing company and you know, wherever it is, Walla Walla, Washington, and they kind of tell you what the lessons to teach each week. Uh, around the time that I was maybe 25 was the first time I decided as a Sunday school teacher, I'm going to just teach through a book of the Bible. I'm going to try that. And Ephesians was the first book I ever did that with, and it was a huge blessing, and it, it got me hooked. That's why I'm still here today, because I just fell in love with teaching the Bible at that, at that time. Uh, and so it's been hard saying goodbye to, uh, to Ephesians. So this is our last week here I think I told you all last week, um, next couple of weeks we've got spring break and we'll have Kyle Black, our church planting intern, preaching next week. The week after that, Mari Milliken, one of our chaplains that's a part of the church here uh, that plays music for us a lot of times as well, he'll be preaching. Uh, Then I'll be back for Easter and we'll be focusing on the resurrection on Easter. And then from there we'll be spending several weeks focusing on common objections to the Christian faith. And so I would ask you to really pray for this season uh, Easter historically is a time, especially in the Bible Belt, but I think all over the United States, when, when people that are just curious come to church, uh, come to investigate the claims of Christ. And so this is really an opportunity for us to share uh, the wonder of who Jesus is with other people that might not normally be thinking or pondering the truths of the scriptures and the truths of Jesus and the gospel. So if you would be praying about, you know, God, will you put people in my path that you want me to invite? Um, that would you be praying also that we would have a, a really an effective time of, of sharing the truth with people in a way that they can understand. Um, that's really where we're, we're headed for the next several weeks. And then in the summer, we'll be doing a series on 1 John. And then in the fall, we hope to be doing a series on the Psalms. So pray, just pray for that as it goes forward. But we're finishing up Ephesians uh, chapter 6 today. We'll be on page 979 if you want to follow along in your black Bibles. And we're encouraged, really continuing what we looked at last week, that there's, there's real evil in the world, that there really is something wrong with the world, there really is something broken with the world, and that we can't stand strong on our own. We're called to stand strong, we're called to be strong, but we have to be strong in the Lord, in His provision, right? And so we're going to see that continued this week, and we're going to see that prayer is really one of the, one of the central ways that we carry that out. Prayer is the central way that we strap on that armor of the gospel that we looked at last week. So when uh, demonic spiritual forces oppose us, we have a connection with God through prayer. And we are to strap on the gospel as we continue to entrust ourselves to Jesus and what he's accomplished as our champion uh, on the cross. So we're going to read from Ephesians 6. We'll start in verse 18 this week. 
And I'll just remind you the context from last week. Evil is real. Stand strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. And he says then now continuing in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let me pray for us. God, we pray that you would teach us. We thank you for all that you've shown us in the book of Ephesians, and we pray that you would teach us to believe and to rest and to stand strong in the new identity that we have as sons and daughters of God. Lord, you've remade us, you've made us your own, you've adopted us, you've saved us. Help us to live that way, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever, have you ever felt uh, all alone? Have you ever felt abandoned? Um, I remember getting lost when I was a little kid, you know, getting separated from my parents at the malls. That, that thing ever, sort of thing ever happened to you? Maybe you're separated from your folks when you were a little kid. Uh, maybe you're separated from your family. Um, I know some of you, your spouses are deployed. You may, you may feel the weight of that even r- right now, just that, that loneliness or feeling like you're, you're feeling weak or, or you're just kind of on your own. Um, I believe that scripturally, God says that in our own strength, there's a, there's a great aloneness. In our own flesh, there, there's a great aloneness, but we can call on the strength of God. We don't really have to remain alone. We don't have to continue to hide and be separated from God, but as we've seen in chapters 1 and 2 and 3 of Ephesians, we can be reconciled to God despite our sin, be saved, walk with Him, see ourselves as adopted children of God, and not be alone anymore. One time I remember feeling completely stranded. I was, um, I was working on our old house, and I was trimming some trees actually outside, and uh, to get some of the high trees, I had to get up on the roof of our porch. And so I climbed through the window of my daughter's room uh, to get out on the, the porch roof and was chopping some tree limbs down and went in and out two or three times. And the third time when I went out, finally my, my instincts kicked in and I realized I needed to shut the door, right? Because flies and bugs would come in. So I, I shut the door and as soon as the door latched, I heard the click. It, it reminded me oh wait, that's a spring-loaded latch. I can't open it from the outside. And so I had just locked myself out on the roof of our house. And I had trimmed enough tree limbs that I couldn't really like swing down on a tree limb or anything. Uh, and so now I was stranded up on the roof of our house. It was just high enough that I didn't want to jump down. You know, when I was 14, I would have just jumped down. I used to jump off the roof all the time, you know, when you were a kid. You know, but I was old enough at this point, probably 30 or something back then, that I was like, I I just don't think my knees are going to like that. Um, So I was just stuck, and I I was alone, and and I I couldn't quite figure out what to do. Uh, Fortunately, I had a phone, so I just started calling people. My wife and kids weren't home, so I I called them, right? 
thought, well, I'll call them and see if they can come home and, and let me out. But they weren't available. They were at the library or something. I'm not sure where they were at the time, but somewhere where they couldn't get to the phone. Um, then I thought, oh, I have, I have the phone number of our new neighbors. And I tried to call them, but he was a medical student, so he was in class, and he didn't answer his phone either. And I didn't know the phone number of these people over here. And it was a weekday, so really nobody was outside, you know? And so I'm just stuck up there calling for help, calling everybody I can think of that might be nearby to help me. Finally, I see a neighbor that lives like three or four doors down on the other street. I can see out the back because I can kind of see everything up there from the roof, right? And so finally, I wave down this neighbor who I've never actually met before, who's three houses away, and call him to help me. I call him to, to set me free, basically, right? My, my front door was open, so all I had to do was walk in my front door and come upstairs. So I'm you know, trying to, hi, nice to meet you. Can you come in my house and open the window for me? And so he came in and, and let me out. Uh, but that was one of those times where I, I didn't have anything that I could do on my own. And as the scriptures describe spiritual warfare, and even as we go back into what we saw in chapter 2, where it talks about our status uh, as people separated from God as being dead, right? We're not just struggling. We're not just paddling water. We're dead. We're, we're, not, we're not needing a, a, a life preserver. We're on the bottom of the ocean floor, dead, and we need to be revived. We need to be made alive. And Paul is continually reminding us that only God can do that. Only God can save and revive, as we saw in chapters 1 and 2, and only God can enable us to stay in the fight. So, so we're focusing again this week on our new identity as really as fighters. That God's left us here as adopted sons and daughters of God. We're, we're His. We belong to Him but we are called on to continue to be strong by His strength, by calling on Him, by having a life in connection with Him. And the first thing that really Paul hits really hard is prayer. The first thing that Paul hits is that we should be strong through prayer. We should be strong through prayer. He says it in verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. He has this kind of piling on of terms of all, all, all. He's saying again and again and again, kind of emphasizing how important prayer is. And what you'll notice is last week when we saw the armor of God, we were told to strap on the armor of God. And we noticed that the armor of God really is the gospel, right? The, the belt of truth, the breastplate of Jesus' righteousness, the helmet of Jesus' salvation, uh, the shoes of Jesus' gospel, the sword of the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And so we were told to be strong in the gospel, to put these things on, to put on the gospel. Don't put on a righteousness of your own, but put on the righteousness of Christ. Stand strong in who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished for you. And then now Paul says, really, the way you do that is prayer, right? Because prayer is not just one more weapon. Prayer is all of the weapons. In our church strategic planning process, we have these different callings from God, right? We said, as a church, we believe that biblically God has called us to be a place where the gospel is proclaimed. So we're going to be a Jesus-proclaiming church. That's, that's one of our, our lines of operation that we're going to emphasize. That's one of our emphases that we're going to say, this is important. We've got to do this. If we're not doing this, we're failing, right? And we've said, you know, we need to gather people in community to grow as disciples. So we're going to encourage people to connect in missional communities, a place where people can know each other and that are grow as disciples. If we're not doing that, we're, we're failing. 
We said, you know what? We need to worship God authentically. We need to be a place where God is worshipped in a sacred, a Trinitarian, Jesus-centered way, but also understandably calling the nations to himself, just like David did in the Psalms, always inviting the nations into the presence of God. So if we're not doing that, we're, we're failing. And we need to continue developing leaders, right? Because if we're not developing leaders as a church, then as soon as this generation of leaders passes away, we failed. So there's these lanes that we've said we're going to be devoted to. These are things that we're going to do. We're going to continue to press uh, to reach all the nations for Christ. We call that global outreach. If we're not doing that, we're failing. There are these, these lanes, these things that we emphasize as a church that just bottom line, we've got to do as a church for us to be true to the calling God has given us. And there's this one prayer. We talk about calling on the Lordship of Jesus, calling on His power through prayer. And as, as we've put together our strategic plans over the years, what we've realized is that that is ultimately the plan. Right? We have this chart that shows the different lanes. Right, We're going to preach, we're going to do worship, we're going to do community, we're going to do these different things. We've got these arrows going across. Prayer is the mega arrow, right? Prayer is the one that covers everything else. And that's really how Paul describes prayer in this passage. So Paul is going step by step saying, be strong, be strong, be strong. Strap on the helmet of salvation. Strap on the belt of truth. Strap on the breastplate of righteousness. Strap on the shoes of the gospel. Strap on the sword of the spirit. And he's giving these step by step instructions. And then he says, in all of it, praying. In all these things, standing strong, strapping on the armor of God, Praying, praying, praying. If you're not praying, you're not doing those other things. Praying is simply calling on God to be God. And so my question for you is, is your life filled with prayer? Are you a praying man? Are you a praying woman? Are you in communication with God? Are you desperate? In this book I've been reading lately, A Praying Life by Paul Miller, which I can't recommend enough. I've been talking about it several times over the last several weeks. He talks about learning desperation as the center of a praying life. Do you recognize your desperation? When I was stuck up on the roof, I knew there was nothing I could do to get down, save, you know, killing myself and jumping off, right? There was nothing I could do to get down without calling someone else to help me. I needed someone to come from the outside to help me. And my prayer is for those of you that are stuck in self-sufficiency this morning, thinking that you can help yourself. That's the greatest tragedy. When when Jesus was confronting the people in the first century, there were kind of two categories of people that he dealt with. There was this category of sinners that were broken and recognized their emptiness and their hunger for God. And then there was this category of religious people that, that thought they were okay. And Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. And one of the most damning places we can live is, is in self-sufficiency. It's one of the most horrible places we can live, thinking that, that we can do it on our own. That's not Christianity. If you think you can live life on your own, if you can live your life apart from prayer, and I'm, I'm saying this to me as well as to you, because it's a horrible place to live. It's a place I, I slip into often. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. We have to be constantly in communication, in communion, calling on the, the power of, the lordship, the grace of Jesus Christ. And that status of desperation, we call that prayer. That's how you strap on the armor of God. That's every day waking up and saying, I'm weak. I am naked without the gospel. I need to strap on 
the breastplate of Jesus' righteousness. I'm not going to make it past the front door without the gospel today. Do you have that kind of learned desperation? Because apart from that, you're not going to make it. You're going to be going through the motions. You're going to think you're making it. You're going to think you're fine. You may succeed in your career. But there will be no spiritual fruit. You won't withstand the attacks of the dark forces of spiritual power in the world. I have a picture here of a little girl talking to her daddy on the phone. Um, a lot of you, your, your husbands are deployed or they've been deployed. And one of those beautiful moments is when daddy gets to talk to your kids on the phone, when you get to talk to him on the phone. You have that connection again. We have this incredible privilege of always getting to talk to our daddy on the phone. Like He's always there. We can always talk to him. We can commune with him all day long. Paul says it multiple times throughout the New Testament to pray constantly. You have these quotes again and again. We were just reading this book. I've been reading this book, A Praying Life to My Kids at Breakfast. And there are these quotes again and again in the New Testament where Paul says, pray at all times, pray without ceasing. I give thanks at all times. I'm always thanking God for you. I'm always praying for you. Pray all the time. And he's now repeating the same sort of thing right here. So he says, be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong. Strap on the armor, praying at all times. Praying at all times. I'm going to read it again, verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans, right, that, that gives us words and we don't even know what to say, right? Don't wait until you have the right memorized thing to say. Just pray, just talk to God. The Spirit will intercede for you. Pray at all times. With all prayer and supplication, it's really a repetition of the same thing. Prayer means asking God and communing with God. Supplication means a specific request for something that uh, is just an indication of a lack. It's kind of what that word means, like, I need something. That's what supplication means. So it's just another way of saying prayer. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. He's saying keep alert. Um, some of you have done this. When I, I had the privilege of traveling with Mark Hoover, the pastor, this uh, new church planter in Colleen, uh, he was sharing some of the training he went through when he was a Marine. He was a former Marine. He was talking about some of the training they do when they stay up all night um, and how, you know, how difficult that is and how kind of confusing it is sometimes when you stay up all night. We've, many of us have done that in different jobs and in different times where you're just having to function without sleep. And that's really what this word indicates is staying alert, is the idea of staying awake, right? Like, stay aware. Keep your faculties tuned. Keep your eyes open when you want to sleep, when you want to give up. Stay awake. And the way you stay awake is by calling your daddy, by asking him for help, by staying connected to him, by praying at all times, by praying in the Spirit through prayer, trusting him, asking him for help, um, we, we talked last week how there's this somewhat of a contrast between the, the evil powers of the devil and his demons in the Gospels, right? Where you would see this um, kind of grotesque demonic possession of people. And you would see this in the Gospels. And then in the New Testament, we're told to stand against the devil really uh, primarily just in a defensive way, right? Hol- holding his temptations at bay by trusting God. We see it in 1 Peter, we see it in James, we see it here in Ephesians 6. It's a defensive warfare, and so we kind of see this difference. But the, the common thread is that evil is real. Evil is real. Demonic powers are, are trying to control us, trying to get us to, to trust ourselves and to trust created things instead of trusting the God of the universe. And the other common thread is, 
is prayer. And that Jesus is the power to be free of that evil force in the world. And so in the Gospels, that's embodied through Jesus just walking up and saying, be gone, right? And in the New Testament, that's described as us calling on Jesus to help us. Saying, Jesus, help me. Help me be free of this temptation. Help me be free of this doubt. Calling on him through prayer. There's this uh, one picture in Mark 9 where, you know, in some places the, the disciples are able to cast out demons in Jesus' name, and sometimes, though, they can't do it. You may remember the story in Mark 9 where they're not able to do it, and they're like, Jesus, what happened? How come we couldn't do it? Why, why didn't this work? And then uh, Jesus says in Mark 9, 29, this can only be driven out, this cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. It can only be driven out by prayer. Prayer is the only way to drive this one out. And so you see this common theme where Jesus is pressing us to resist the demonic power through, through prayer, through asking him for help. When everything else has failed, call, call on Jesus for help. He's the one that will help you. One of the ways that I think is really helpful for us to learn a, a prayer life, I'll just give you some practical tips here, is through memorizing scripture. And so we encourage you here at this church to study Scripture. We're going to proclaim Scripture here from the pulpit, uh, and we're going to encourage you to learn Scripture. We're going to sing scripturally drenched and soaked songs. We're going to read Scripture off the screen here in our services. When we have missional communities, we're going to talk about Scripture and try to apply that Scripture in our life. And I believe one of the ways that we can pray better is by memorizing Scripture and praying those Scriptures. Um, just memorize, right, like blind Bartimaeus, you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Just calling out to Jesus to have mercy on you. Jesus, I'm blind, help me to see. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Um, praying through Psalm 23, memorizing Psalm 23, the, the Lord is my shepherd, remembering that he is the shepherd that guides you, that loves you. Memorize that and then begin to pray it. Let it, let it guide your, your prayer life. Now, again, I want to emphasize it. Romans makes it real clear that the Spirit intercedes with, with groanings that words cannot express, and we don't need the right words to be able to talk to God. We only need Jesus. What, what the gospel says is that we're separated from God because of our own sin, and the sacrifice of Jesus absorbed the wrath of God, absorbed all of our sin and our failing and our lack of ability to have the right words even. So that because of the cross, we can have a relationship with God. We can talk to Him. We have this privilege of talking to God. So, so don't fall for the deception that you need the right kind of words. All you need is Jesus to talk to God. You don't need to sound flowery or sophisticated to talk to God. But it can really be a help in your prayer life sometimes to have a spine to your prayer, to have some structure to it. So I encourage you to memorize Scripture for that sake. But remember, the Spirit intercedes for you. You can just talk to God. You can just talk to Him. When you're having a bad day, you can just tell Him, God, I'm having a bad day. You, you don't have to pretend until you got all your stuff together and say, okay, God, I know you don't like me when I'm bad, so I'm going to get my stuff together and pretend I'm like perfect and have it together, and then I'll come and present myself to you. No, the, the gospel is what allows us to present ourselves to God. And so because of the gospel, we can talk to God when we're sad, when we're happy, no matter what our day is like. But I encourage you to to let that time be guided. I would also encourage you to find a friend to pray with. And we talk about this, the, the, the topic of community, right? We talk about missional community. Find one other person or, or two other people 
or get in a small group or get in one of our classes where you can pray for someone and be prayed for by someone. It's an important part of what it means to walk as a disciple. And then finally, I just want just to hit on the men here in the room. One of the, one of the glorious strengths of our church is we have a church that men attend. That's not normal out in the regular world. I don't know if you know that. That's statistically an unusual thing for men to go to church. And so I want to press you even further, men. It's not enough just to show up, but I want you to be praying men. I want you to stand strong. I want you to see yourselves as warriors to to be strong in prayer, praying at all times. Pray for your kids. Pray for your wife. Pray for your friends. If you're single, pray for the other young men in your life. Pray for the young women that you're friends with. Pray for the people you work with. But, but stand strong through prayer and continue to help our community to have an impact on the world as, as we pray, as we're strong through prayer. The next thing that's really interesting is that Paul takes this concept of prayer and he rolls right into to preaching. Paul says that we should also be strong in preaching. So he's saying pray, 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 pray. Pray at all times in the Spirit, in verse 18, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints, right? So you're praying for all the believers and the saints. And then he says in verse 19, and also for me, pray for me also that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now he may be talking specifically about big uh, kind of temporal opportunities that he's about to have. Right? We, we don't know all the details of his uh, opportunities to appear before Caesar, but we know he was appealing to Caesar. He may be saying, this is it, right? The big opportunity is coming up. I get to present the gospel to the emperor of the world. He's already had that opportunity. If you've read the book of Acts, you see Paul as he goes up the chain of command, as he appears before different kings and before uh, different rulers. He gets the chance to present the gospel to them, to share the gospel with them. And so he may be talking about this, this big moment that he's been waiting for. He might just be talking about his just daily work of he's a preacher. And he just has this ongoing work of preaching. But what I want to emphasize here is that Paul says that um, it's not just something he does because he's gifted in it, but it's something he needs prayer for. And, and that it's, it's central, it's important, but he, he wants the saints to be praying for him. And so as I was saying at the beginning, I'm, I'm asking you as a people, to pray for me and to pray for the, the public proclamation ministry of this church. We have this tremendous privilege in the Western world. It's, it's still not illegal to do what we're doing now. It may be in 10 more years, but right now we want to exploit this opportunity to publicly proclaim the gospel to as many people as possible. A lot of times preachers get a bad rap because we can be obsessed with numbers, right? Um, and I know it can, it can twist you a little bit to worry too much about counting heads, but I want to remind you that in the New Testament, they counted heads, and they got excited about it, right? Like, it's exciting to me that last year we got to proclaim the gospel at Easter to a thousand people. It's just, it's exciting, because part of my call is that God has gifted me and called me to proclaim the gospel to people. And so, you know what? I want to do that to as many people as possible. I want to share the gospel with as many people as possible. And God gives us other opportunities. He allows me to preach in other places. He gives me opportunities to write 
uh, newspaper articles to the, to the people that still read the newspaper and stuff like that. But um, that was kind of a joke. But, but I want you to pray for me here, for the, the pulpit of this church, the proclamation ministry of this church. It's not always me. Sometimes it's our assistant pastor, Stephen. Sometimes it's other guest preachers here for the Sunday school classes, for the other opportunities we have to public, publicly proclaim, to preach, to herald the good news of Jesus, to be stewards of this mystery. We have this incredible mystery, and we have the opportunity to share the reconciliation of God and man. This thing that people think is passe, that people think is ridiculous, we have the opportunity to share that and share that hope with other people. I have a picture here of emergency sirens. Uh, when I was a kid, on Saturdays at 10 or 11, I don't know if this happened in your town, you'd have the siren go off. It was like the tornado warning or the nuclear bomb warning or whatever it was. And, and you knew that if it was Saturday at that time, it wasn't a real disaster. I always wondered what would happen if a real disaster happened Saturday at that time. <laughs> but apparently hasn't happened yet. But that would be kind of the test. But then you were ready to hear that siren, right? That emergency siren. The, the word preaching and even the way that Paul describes it here with his phrase, when I open my mouth, that's a special phrase that they use, a special idiom that's used in the text uh, for something important, uh, something very formal, something very public. There's words used, uh, preaching, proclaiming, uh, Herald, he uses the word here in this text, ambassador, right? He's a public representative of the king. There's this public, widespread concept. And, and we want to lovingly push back against the house church movement. We have a lot of good friends in the house church movement. Uh, but the house church movement would say it's, it's always relational, it's always organic, it's always uh, person to person. And I just want to lovingly push back and say consistently, in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, the people of God have publicly proclaimed his word, broadcast it. We, we want to shout it from rooftops and share it with as many people as possible. And so I want to encourage you to pray, just like Paul's asking them to pray, to pray that he would proclaim it well, clearly, boldly, freely. I want you to pray that this would continue to be a place where the gospel is proclaimed clearly and boldly and freely. Invite your friends to hear it. Pray for your friends to understand it. If you're here considering these things for the first time, pray that you would understand what's being said. Pray that you'd be willing to take a chance on believing, on trusting who Jesus is. Pray for the proclamation of Jesus. The last thing that we want to look at is that we're called to be strong on a team. It says in verse 21, and this is the kind of like parting notes that, that are kind of personalized things that Paul has in most of his letters, uh, but it's really helpful because, again, it situates us uh, in a team. It shows that Paul was not just a great preacher that did his own thing and didn't need any help, right? But he's asking for them to pray for him, and he's talking about functioning within a team here. He says in verse 21, so that you may also know that I am, know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. So peace be to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. He's saying, I'm purposefully sending other people to help you, to encourage you, to come alongside you, to help you to walk faithfully. Because it's not enough to just have this leader writing the letter but we have a, a body. We have different parts. We have different gifts, and we function as a team. It's important to continue to remember that 
as a church. I have a picture here of uh, ice climbing. These guys are doing some mountain climbing in the ice. Any of you ever done rappelling or climbing with ropes? Yeah, some of you have done that. And you have the guy uh, behind you that belays you, right? You see how these two guys are connected with the ropes there? Uh, One guy is roped to another guy. uh, Or sometimes you'll have one guy just standing on the ground, belaying a guy that's climbing. Uh, And so you you function as a team. There's different ways to do it. I've never actually done it this way where you're both up together. I've done it the way where the one guy is solid on the ground. I always prefer that role myself. Um, (laughs) Where you're solid on the ground and you're holding the rope for the other person climbing. But what you see is this this kind of teamwork concept. You, You can't do it on your own. That you need someone to help you. Now, are, are there individual sports out there? Yes, there are, but Christianity is a team sport. Christianity is a team sport. It, it is designed, it's made, it's something we're supposed to do functioning in a team. We're a body. We need each other. N- none of us can do it on our own. No matter what our gifts are, none of us can function on our own. We can only function in a team. And I'd encourage you to consider there's probably a lot of you that have been attending the church for a while but haven't had an opportunity to really fully partner with us And I'd I'd encourage you and challenge you to consider how you can really partner with us here as a church. Are you serving? Are you sharing your gifts? Because we we need your gifts. If God has gifted you and you're here and you're not sharing your gifts, it's like we're playing this game and we're missing players. It's like you're just standing on the sideline considering. But if God's called you here to be with us, then we want you to play with us. We want you to partner with us and to share your gifts with us. Help us to be better. Help us to grow. Partner with us by serving, by getting involved in the ministries here, by giving financially. I mean, I would just say here, we don't talk about giving a lot, but our giving's actually been down the last two months, which is unusual for us. We uh, traditionally have an incredibly generous church, and we, we celebrated last week that we brought in a lot more than we needed for the Guatemala trip, but, but we also need money to... Uh, pay the light bill and that kind of stuff too, you know, <laughs> in addition to the Guatemala trip. So I'd encourage you, some of you may be here and just kind of considering, but maybe not giving, maybe not serving. I'd ask you to pray about really fully partnering with us, really considering yourself to be a part of the team. Because again and again, the New Testament, we see that the church can't be this movement with just one person or two people or a handful of leaders, but the church is a movement of people functioning as a team together, and we need everyone to do that. He concludes with this benediction in Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. And I just want to read this, and then we're going to spend some time in worship together. And I want to remind you that as we worship, as we sing together, we are, we are praying. We usually think about it as different things, right? We think about prayer as this time when you're bowing your head and closing your eyes, and singing is this different category of worship, right? Uh, but it's all worship, and, and it's all prayer. And this is part of how we strap on the armor of the gospel. He says in Ephesians 6, 23 and 24, Peace be to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. I'm going to pray for us and the guys are going to come forward to lead us in some music together. God, we thank you for the grace and the incorruptible love we have through Jesus Christ. Help us to strap on the gospel. Help us to strap on the armor through prayer that we would continually live in relationship with you. We pray that you would transform us spiritually, that you would teach us as we walk with you, as we proclaim your goodness, as we learn from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.